But let's uh, let's open up. If you guys got a, a Bible, uh, or you can look with me here on the screen. But let's just look at Hebrews twelve for a second here. Hebrews twelve, verse twenty-five. Careful that you do not refuse to listen to the one who is speaking. For if the people of Israel did not escape when they refused to listen to Moses, the earthly messenger, we certainly will not escape if we reject the one who speaks to us from heaven. When God spoke from Mount Sinai, his voice shook the earth. But now he makes another promise. Once again, I will shake not only the earth, but the heavens also. This means that all of creation will be shaken and removed so that only unshakable things will remain. Since we are receiving a kingdom that is unshakable, let us be thankful and please God by worshiping him with holy fear and awe, for our God is a devouring fire. Let's pray. Father God, we just pray right now. That we would just listen when you speak. Holy Spirit, I just ask that you would come into the room right now. You're here. We invite you in. This whole space is yours. I pray that you would just work through the kids' ministry, that you'd work through everyone that's serving down there, that you would just speak, that there would be seeds being planted in the lives of the kids. The seed of your word, that it would just, it would bring a harvest 30, 60, 100 fold in those kids' lives and their families' lives. Father, I pray for us in this room that we would just have hearts that are ready to receive your word, that we would just be encouraged, that we would be built up today, that we would just praise you in this place. Every time you're faithful to provide this church a place, a space to gather so that we can continue to worship, we can draw near to you, that we can launch out of this place back in to the field that you've called us to go, the harvest field. I I pray that you would continue to raise up workers in this church, workers that are committed to you, to your kingdom, to investing in your kingdom with all their heart, all their mind, all their soul, all all their strength, all their talent, everything you've given and blessed us with. I pray that we would just invest it into your kingdom, into the harvest field, that you would raise up workers that are unshakable, that invest in the unshakable kingdom, that invest in things that will still remain when everything else is shaken, everything else is destroyed, everything else is burned away, that what we invest in here in this church, what we pour our lives into, that we would steward it well, that we would invest and steward what you've given us, what you've gifted us with, and that we would put it all into the things of your kingdom that are unshakable, that will remain to the end of days. We love you. We praise you. God, I I just pray for joy to enter into this space right now. For those who are coming in with the spirit of heaviness, that they would just praise you, that they would lean into you, that they would worship you, that you would warm their heart right now, that they would just feel that warmth going across their chest, that they would feel freedom, that they would feel just chains breaking off their chest, off their neck, that they'd feel the yoke of slavery being lifted off. That they would carry your yoke, Jesus because it's light, it's easy, it's not a burden. There's joy in walking with you. Father God, I just pray for joy in this space today. 
Oh God, we love you. We praise you. And all God's people said, amen. Hebrews 12. Look at it again. 25. Be careful that you do not refuse to listen to the one who is speaking. If you hear him speak, obey. If you hear him begin to speak, get quiet. Listen to his voice. For if the people of Israel did not escape when they refused to listen to Moses, the earthly messenger, we will certainly not escape if we reject the one who speaks to us from heaven. This is God's word. He still speaks to us from heaven. You might have doubted it. You you might have come in here, you're not believing it, but I'm telling you today, he speaks to you. He still speaks When God spoke from Mount Sinai, his voice shook the earth. The people were afraid. If you go back and if you read that account in Exodus, they were terrified. They only wanted Moses to speak to them. His voice shook the earth. But now he makes another promise. It's a promise. Once again, I will shake not only the earth, but the heavens also. This means that all of creation, all of creation will be shaken and removed so that only the unshakable things will remain. Since we are receiving a kingdom that is unshakable, let us be thankful and please God by worshiping him with holy fear and awe. For our God is a devouring fire. This is just a, I mean, just a warning. Like, this is a nice little warning for us right here. Like, our our worship, like, it's to a holy God. Do you have a holy fear when you come into this place? Whatever place we are, whatever place we gather, whenever we gather for worship, do we have a holy fear of who God is? In the Midwest, nah. We, we care more about, man, I'm just, I'm just here. I'm just doing my time. Like when we come into worship, I know. I've grown up in this culture. I know the Midwest culture. We come in and I just, nah, I ain't doing that. I ain't getting on my knees. I ain't raising my hands. I'm not doing that. We, we don't encourage and teach this to teach our people to put on a show or to get attention. No, no, no. We teach worship and we teach praise because it's commanded. And all throughout Scripture, it talks about giving your hands in praise, singing with a loud voice, singing with joy, clapping your hands, dancing. I'm believing. Here you go. I'm going to sow a seed right here. I'm going to sow a seed of faith. This is going to be a church that dances someday. And listen, I'm telling you, I'm telling you right now, as the pastor of this church who's got my four kids sitting up here and they're just like this, I'm like, I'm going to teach you. Like I, I, I'm, I'm asking the Lord to teach me too. Like to give my all to him in worship. To praise and to dance and to raise our hands because we don't care what the world says. We don't care that somebody in this room might be staring and might think we're weird or what, whatever because we're in the Midwest and we're just supposed to kind of just blend in. And we're just supposed to kind of just, you know, 
Just do our time, get out, and if it, if it goes over 60 minutes, like, mm, that, nope, you're looking at your time. It's like, you're at the wrong church if you don't want to go over 60 minutes. Like that, that was something we committed to at the very beginning. I, I remember sitting down in a room with like this very first core group of people, and there were things that we talked about, visions and dreams that we had for this church. One of those things was that this would be a church where people come in and they don't even look at the clock. They don't even look at the time. They just want to get lost in his presence. That they're not checking their phone and seeing what's going on out in the world. What am I missing on Twitter or Facebook or Instagram? No, no, no. That they come in and they shut their phone off, unless they're using the Bible app, that's fine. But hey, we'll get you a paper Bible. We're old school, right? That's, revival's old school. Like, we love it. Like, get in the Word. Open up the Word. There's nothing like it. When you start to open up the Word, I'm not against the technology. It's great. Like, obviously, I'm using it right here. I got Bible. I got verses, everything. It's great. But it's too easy to get distracted sometimes. It's too easy to just go down a rabbit trail and just forget, like, oh, I I was reading my Bible app, but all of a sudden, I'm on Instagram, and I'm 30 minutes deep, and I'm like, where did my life go? So... When you're getting into the Word, when you're getting into that personal encounter time, spending time with Him, shut your phone off, put it on mute, put it on airplane mode, whatever you got to do, and just open up one of these old things right here, this paper Bible, and just take a pen and maybe just start to, all I do is I just, when, when the Lord highlights something to me, I'll just put a little star next to it, a little star, a little star. Sometimes I'll underline things. Bible, the print's really small. You got to be really careful when you're underlining. Make sure none of your kids are around you because they will bump you and you'll put a big line all the way across all your words. It's never happened, you know. Not not a real experience, I'm sure. Now, since we are receiving a kingdom that is unshakable, we're receiving a gift, a kingdom that's unshakable so that even in the shakiest of times, even in the darkest of times, you can walk through this world even if you're not seeing what you want to see, even if you're not experiencing what you thought you were going to experience, and it just feels like everything is crashing down around you, you can walk through with unshakable faith knowing it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Your whole life could be falling down in ruins around you, but it doesn't matter because you know who you serve. And there's no fear of man. There's only the fear of the Lord. When you begin to lose your fear of man, it frees you up in every area of life. And then you begin to excel in a way that you never thought possible because it's supernatural, it's spiritual, because you care more about walking in the spirit than in the flesh anymore. And we've received this kingdom that's unshakable. Let us be thankful. How, how are we thankful? We praise him. That's one of the ways that we're thankful. And so we lift up our hands, we bow to our knees, we fall face down in worship. We jump up and down. We give him our praise unashamedly because we're thankful. It brings him joy. When you, read through the, when you read through the Psalms, when you read through Scripture about what it says about praise and worship, it brings our Father joy to see his kids worshiping unashamed. When David was bringing the ark back, back to Jerusalem where it belonged, He was leading the parade and jumping up and down. And some versions say he was naked. He probably wasn't naked. He was wearing like more like an undergarment, like a a white tunic. And and so he he was, which would have been like underwear maybe in that day and age. Uh, So, you know, you don't leave your clothes on on Sundays, all right? Don't do that. But like jump up and down, have fun, like unashamedly. That's the point. 
And his wife, Michael, it says, looked at him in disdain in that moment. And he said, I, I don't care. I'll be even more undignified. Because fear of man did not matter to him. It was only fear of the Lord. And a holy fear of the Lord brings us to a place where we can worship unashamedly. And so that's one of our prayers for this church, that we would just continue to grow in a holy fear of the Lord, that we would care more about what he says than what those around us say. But guess what? As we as a church begin to walk in that in unity and we begin to walk in that together in this community, Eventually, you're going to realize, you're going to look around this room, and you're going to feel weird if you don't have your hands up. You're going to feel weird if you're not clapping, if you're not jumping, if you're not dancing, because everyone else around you is. That's the kind of community that he wants to build here. That's revival. And so I I believe he's building that up. And and once again, sometimes we just say, well, I I, I don't feel it. You know, I I, I want to be genuine, because I've said that plenty in my life. If I don't feel it, like, I'm not going to fake it. Don't let, if we just let our feelings lead, your life will be a train wreck. If you let, think about that genuinely. In every area of life, like in worship, we're like, well, if I don't feel it, like I'm not gonna do it. But if you let that be your mantra, your statement, your life, your life uh, goal or your life uh, vision for the rest of your life, if I don't feel it, I'm not gonna do it. You know what? Think about every area of your life. If you began to follow your feelings instead of the choices that you knew you needed to make, your life would be a wreck. It would be a disaster. Your health, the food you eat, I don't feel like eating vegetables. I don't feel like eating fruit. I feel like eating, you know, Big Macs and I feel like eating Whoppers and I feel like, you know, know, what do we feel like doing? We feel like doing stuff that's not good for us. And so we make this excuse for worship, like, oh, I, I don't feel it. Like, I, I'm, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to fake it. But in every, uh, every other area of life, if we did that, our life would be a train wreck. It would be destroyed. There's days I don't feel like, like I got, you know, I got kids. I don't feel like uh playing in the backyard or doing something like they're like, Hey, come on. I, you know, my daughter, she loves to do softball, volleyball, all that stuff. She's like, come on, dad, come and do that. There's days I don't feel like doing that. But I also know like these days are really short and I need to make a choice. And I I choose against my feelings because I know in eight years, she's not going to be a little kid anymore. And so I need to make different choices right now. I need to max out my time right now and give my best in every area of my life. And so I make choices that go against my feelings. And every time I do, it pays off. Every time I do, I I don't feel like I just want to sit on the couch. I've had a long day. I'm tired. But here she is asking me, hey, will you come do this? Will you come play? I don't feel like it. But I choose against my feelings. And every time, it's worth it. I wake up and I don't feel like going to the gym. Like there's some days I feel like it, I'm excited, but there's a lot of days where I'm like, I don't feel like it. There's other things I feel like doing, but I choose and I get in the car and I just start going and I get there and I just start working out and I just, I start to do something. I just start to, I make a choice. I start to do something. Just do something. Like today during this last song of worship, just do something. You might be like, I've never done this before. That was too much, you know? No, this is just too much. Just do something. It's all right. Like, 
even if you're stumbling, you're still moving forward, all right? Even if you're tripping, even if you're falling and you're moving forward, that's all that matters. Like, just keep moving forward with the Lord. He wants to move you forward. He wants to advance you. He doesn't want you in the same spot you've been in for the last 5, 10, 15, 20 years, not moving forward. He wants you to just start trying something and move forward. Make a choice against your feelings. Choices lead, feelings follow. We say that a lot here. You got a chance in everything you do. Make different choices. <clears throat> when we choose to worship, there's lots of different ways that we can worship. We, we break it down in three ways here. Our time, our talent, our treasure. And so you're giving your time. You're making a choice. I, I'm spending time here with the Lord. I'm going to worship. You can give your talent. There's some today. We, we got people serving today. Some of our friends from York, they drove up early from, for two hours, uh, hour and a half, they said. It's only an hour and a half. I've been saying two hours. Still, that's a long drive to come to church. They drove up early today. Two of them, they're serving. One of them is helping us on camera today, and one of them is serving down in kids today. I guarantee you when they woke up at 7, I don't know what time they had to wake up today, at 7 a.m., I, I bet their feelings were like, oh, boy, this Maybe we should cancel. Maybe we shouldn't do this. Maybe it's too long of a drive. We need a little more sleep. I, I know what it's like. But you make a choice against yourself, and then you get here, and you get to the house, and you start being around God's people, and you begin to realize, this was worth it. This is fun. I'm in God's house today. I'm with his people. Like that choice you made that went against your feelings, it paid off. And you're making, a fu- you're making a future deposit. When you make choices against your feelings, you're making a future deposit. That's what you're doing. When you make a choice with how you worship God with your money, you're making a future deposit and a right now deposit because right now it frees you up from the love of money. It frees you up when you begin to tithe. We teach about tithing and offering here and sowing and reaping because when you begin to tithe, you're making a choice against yourself because right now you know. You could think of 20, 30, 40 different ways to spend that money and it would feel good. You know, you could go buy something, you could get yourself some food, you, you could spend, spend it on a vacation, whatever you want to do. And it would feel really good. But you're making a choice and you're saying, no, no, no I'm going to choose against myself and I'm going to invest in the kingdom of God. I'm going to invest in things that are unshakable. I'm going to invest in what the Lord has called me to trust him with and I'm going to trust him with that 10% and beyond. And as you begin to trust him with that in every area of your life, first of all, it frees you up from the love of money and the worry and the fear of money. When you're just constantly, if that's you right now, and you're like, I don't have enough money, I I never have enough, it's always just kind of gone, gone, gone. I I mean, read the book of Malachi today. It's really short. It's really short. You'll finish it in 20 minutes. If you're a slow reader, 30 minutes, tops, okay? There's a curse against those who do not tithe. If you're a part of God's house, there's a curse that goes against you. It's like you're just bringing money in and it's like your pocketbook or your wallet, whatever you keep your money in, it's like there are holes in it and all the money you bring in, it doesn't matter. It just, it disappears. And every time you're left short before your ne- a week before your next paycheck and you're just like, how am I gonna make it? But when you begin to tithe, when you begin to trust him, it begins to change the way you look and view money. And it changes the way you spend it. And all of a sudden, your storehouses, he begins to build up your storehouses. Because he's seen, you're a good steward. I've trusted you with a little. Now I know I can trust you with more. And he begins to trust you with more. 
He brings an increase to the house, to the storehouse. It's a way we worship and it's a way we get set free from the fear of man, from the fear of money, from the fear of this world. And we become good stewards of what he's given us. He's calling some of us today as a part of our worship to become a good steward. He said, hey, I've trusted you with this. Now it's time for you to take a step forward in how you steward it. Here, look with me here. Uh, Matthew, go to Matthew. I don't think I have this one up here. This is why you got to always bring your Bible. You never know. I might go rogue. Matthew 25, verse 14. Matthew 25, verse 14. Parable of the three servants. We've read this one before. We'll do it again and again. Again, the kingdom of heaven can be illustrated by the story of a man going on a long trip. He called together his servants and entrusted his money to them while he was gone. He gave five bags of silver to one, two bags of silver to another, and one bag of silver to the last, dividing it in proportion to their abilities. He then left on his trip. Some of us, right off the bat, here in America, we don't like that. We're like, that that doesn't sound fair. Like everybody should get the same thing. No, he divided it according to their abilities. Some of you, I mean, you just sit there and and you're just mad and you're angry all the time. You sit at home, you're mad, you're angry, you're thinking they got this and they got this and I I just got this and and, and you're a victim, right? Because it feels good to be a victim. And you tell everyone, you tell everyone on social media, I'm a victim, everyone's against me, the whole world's against me. It's not fair that these people have this or these people have this and it's not fair. He's divided it according to your abilities. But guess what? If you will make a choice to go against your feelings, there's hope that, guess what? He wants to elevate you. Look what happens. He divides it according to their abilities. The servant who received the five bags of silver began to invest the money, and he earned five more. The servant with two bags of silver also went to work and earned two more. But the servant who received one bag of silver, he dug a hole in the ground and hid the master's money. After a long time, their master returned from his trip and called them to give an account of how they had used his money. Someday, we're all going to be called to give an account of how we used what he's given us. That includes our money. That includes our talent. That includes our time. We will be called to a day. There's going to be a day coming when we'll be called to an account. And the master is going to come. He's going to call us into the room. What do you want him to say to you on that day? What's the conversation? How do you want that conversation to go on that day? The servant of whom he had entrusted the five bags of silver came forward with five more and said, Master, you gave me five bags of silver to invest and I've earned five more. The master was full of praise. Well done, my good and faithful servant. You have been so faithful in handling this small amount. So now I will give you many more responsibilities. Let's celebrate together. The servant who had received the two bags of silver came forward and said, Master, you gave me two bags of silver to invest, and I have earned two more. The master said, Well done, my good and faithful servant. You have been faithful in handling this small amount, so now I will give you many more responsibilities. Let's celebrate together. Then the servant with the one bag of silver came and said, Master, I knew you were a harsh man, harvesting crops you didn't plant and gathering crops you didn't cultivate. I was afraid I would lose your money, so I hid it in the earth. Look, here's your money back. But the master replied, you wicked and lazy servant. If you knew I harvested crops and didn't plant and gather crops I didn't cultivate, why didn't you deposit my money in the bank? 
At least I could have gotten some interest on it. Then he ordered, take the money from this servant and give it to the one with 10 bags of silver. To those who use well what they are given, even more will be given and they will have in abundance. But from those who do nothing, even what little they have will be taken away. Now throw this useless servant into outer darkness. There will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. We talked about weeping and gnashing of teeth last week. You are in so much pain. You are grinding your teeth down to the gums where you do not have any more teeth. That was a common expression they used in that culture. There's so much here. Look what's happening. First of all, this sum of money, it would have been equal to one year wages. And so the one guy, he gave five years wages. Five years wages. And what's the master say about that? The master was full of praise. Well done, my good and faithful servant. You have been faithful in handling this small amount. Can you imagine if somebody just gave you like the next five years, like your salary? like whatever you're making right now. And they gave it to you all right now and said, here you go. Like, you'd be like, that's pretty good. That's great. That's awesome. That's a big amount. I love that. For our father, what's he say about it? This is a small thing. Like sometimes we just look at things. We, we look at our debt or we look at whatever we're going through and we just think it's huge. It's insurmountable. How can we overcome this? You haven't gone to the father because for him, it's a small thing. If he says to this tree to move to the sea, the tree moves to the sea. Some of you, I, I want to challenge you with this. Some of you, you're here today and you're not financially free. Like you, you've got debt, it's stacked up and it just, it feels like you're just buried in it. I'm going to challenge you with this. Begin to tithe. Begin to give God your first and your best. And we call this the tithe challenge here. We tell people, if you've never tithed before, tithe with us for one month. Because guess what? If after a month, if you don't see God showing up in new and incredible ways, we're going to give you your money back. We are. And we always say, you have to do it online or in a check because you can't just tell us like, oh, I gave a million dollars cash. Like, we're not, you know, we're not keeping track of that, right? But online and check, we can, you know, we can make sure it's all above board. But we do that because we just, we know and we're confident that when you do that, when you put him first, he's going to show up in your life. We've never had anybody come back and say, hey, I tried it for a month. I want my money back. Never, all right? So, I mean, I don't know how many people have tried it and like done that, but we've never had one person say, it didn't work for me. But do that. Begin to tithe. But then the next thing I want you to do What's he say? He says, if you speak to this tree and tell it to move to the sea, maybe Nate can help me with what verse that is. If you speak to this tree and you tell it to move to the sea, if you tell it to move to the ocean, it's going to move. And so your debt, whatever it is that you're facing right now, if it's a financial thing, when you get home today, we, we talk about this a lot. Begin to speak it out loud and declare by faith. Because when you begin to declare things by faith, it moves from your head into your heart. And you begin to have faith and hope built up within you. But sometimes we just do everything up here in our head. And we just have this conversation up here in our head. And sometimes we think, like, this is all I have to do. No, no, no. Jesus said so many times, you need to speak it. You need to declare it. Begin to say it out loud. It will change your life as you begin to speak your faith. So, 
Whatever you got that feels insurmountable in this season, take it. If it's paper, if you've got a bill in the mail, if you've got a hospital bill, whatever it is, lay it out on your table and begin to speak and say, you're done. You're being removed in the name of Jesus because you're a small thing. You're a small amount for my Father to take care of. And it's going to begin to build your faith and you're going to begin to see God's going to take care of it. He's going to show up. And he's going to move that tree to the ocean. What's paper made of? Yeah, yeah. Trees. Let them move and plant. Not only do we everything digital nowadays. If you need to, if you're like a visual learner, print it out, right? Print it out. Put it on paper. And just say, no, no. I declare, my God is removing you from my life right now. He's changing my life. He's changing my financial situation. He's changing everything I've been struggling with because I'm going to put him first and I'm going to worship him first and everything else is going to fall in line in my life as I put him into his rightful place in my life first. Begin to speak it and declare it over your life. It's a small amount. The other thing that stands out to me about this passage, I've preached on it before, I'll preach on it again. You might be mad about where you are. You, you might feel like you're the one talent or even the two talent servant, and you're just thinking, like, this is all I got. Like, that person over there's got five, that person's got ten, that person's got... Everybody's got way more than me, Lord. And he's just saying, be faithful and steward what I'm giving. Trust me, and be faithful and steward what I've given. Because guess what? If you will steward what he's given you, what happens? The five-talent servant becomes a ten-talent servant. And then he even gets the bag of the one-talent servant. He gets that bag. So now he's not even just the ten-talent servant. He's the eleven-talent servant. The two-talent servant becomes the four-talent servant. They're elevated within the kingdom. They're trusted with more because they were faithful with what they were given. If you want to be trusted with more, if you're looking around and you're constantly bitter and angry about everyone else's position and everyone else's, what they have and what they've been trusted with, I'm telling you, just begin to steward what he's given you. Steward what he's given you in this season. Trust him with it. That means putting him first in every area of your life. That's part of worship. That's part of developing a holy fear of God. You can't say you have a holy fear of the Lord if you can't even trust Him yet with 10%. You can't. I know there's some people right now that don't like that. Don't tell me how to use my money. I'm not. God's telling you. That's in His Word. Take it up with Him. I'm just the messenger. You can shoot the messenger, but it ain't going to do you any good. The Word ain't changing. Yeah, He's an unchanging God. But he's always changing his people. He's always transforming his people and stewarding right now in this. Some of you, you, you've struggled in this season with fertility. There's people in here that have struggled with fertility. This is just something I feel the Lord just putting on me. And he's saying, just steward what I've given you. Some of you, you have one child, but you want two, you want three, you want four. And he's saying, just steward what I've given you. Take care of this one right now. Take care of this two. Pour everything you can into these children right here. And as you begin to pour out, as you begin to choose to just invest and pour into what I've given you, I'm going to give you more. I'm going to bless you more. But steward what I've given you right now here in this season. Some of you, you want to be in a relationship. 
you're looking around and, and you're kind of mad, you're kind of angry, and you're just like, I, I, I wish I was married. I, I, I wish I was in that season. And you're looking around at other people in that season and you see this young church with young kids running around and families popping up all over. And you're like, I, I wish I had somebody with me. Steward what he's given you in this season. I'm telling you, he's a good father. It's a small thing for him to bring the right person at the right time. If you'll be faithful, if you'll stay planted, if you'll stay patient, he'll bring you the right person at the right time. Steward what he's given you. Steward your time. Steward everything he's given you in this season. And I'm telling you, he's a good father. He's going to multiply. He's going to bring growth. That's what he's doing. When you stay planted in his house, what does he do? He grows you up like the cedars of Lebanon, like the palm trees. And he brings fruit and you will flourish in his house. This is a season when the devil is trying to shake things up. The devil's trying to shake things in this house. Some of you, you're just kind of here and you're like, things are great, things are awesome. But some of you, you've kind of felt that. You, you've kind of heard little whispers here and there. You've, you, you've heard little things and you kinda, you've kind of picked up on that. Man, like there's something going on. Like some people are just getting attacked in this season. The devil is trying to shake people loose in this season. The Lord hit me with this on Monday. At Easter this year, revival turns three years old. This is so cool. I feel the Holy Spirit, like, I feel the Holy Spirit right here. I remember the seeds of revival being planted in fall of 2020 after I lost my job. And there's just... There's people that God just kept using and he just kept speaking into my life and my wife's life. And they just, there were seeds of revival being planted in that season. And we just, we just kept moving forward and we've just kept stumbling forward at times. And, and there were moments that I, I thought like, oh, we're going to run. We're going to sprint. God's going to take this thing off and he's going to blow this thing up like crazy. And then he would just kind of slow us back down. And he would just stay, he would say, stay patient, stay planted, steward what I've given you. I'm bringing the growth, but you got to trust me that I'm going to bring it at the right time. That's so hard. As somebody that's grown up in a church and worked in a church, like I've been in churches over a thousand my whole life, over, you know, 1,400, 1,500 my whole life. And all of a sudden he puts me in this season where he says, hey, here's a hundred people that I trust you with. (laughs) Just steward what I've given you. Take care of it, cultivate it. Continue to just sow the seed of my word. Sow it faithfully. And there were so many moments where the devil just kept trying to shake me loose and say, you could go do this, you could go do this. There's these opportunities, there's these opportunities. Or if you would just take some shortcuts in how you're leading this church, if you would just do things the way the world says to do things, you could have all the growth, you could have everything you want, you could have it right here, right now. But I just kept going back to what he told. He told us at the very beginning, do it my way. Like go back, he just, he kept whispering that, go back to my word and do it my way. He said, you you know everything that the world says about church growth. 
You know everything that you could do. You know all the shortcuts. You know all the things. You, you could do it on your own. You could do it out of your own power. He told me that. But he said, I want you to do it my way because my way is better. <laughs> like, his way is better. It's just his way. His way teaches you patience. His way is tough because you're learning to listen and discern his voice. That's what he wants to do in each and every person in this church. He wants you to learn how to listen and walk by his voice and walk in faith to what he wants to do. And he wants to move you forward. He wants to advance you. He wants to multiply you. That's what he does. He said, be fruitful and multiply. From the very beginning, it was one of his earliest commandments. And for this church, he wants this church to be fruitful and multiply. For others to come in, for this room to be filled within a week. He wants to multiply this church so quick and so fast because there's people out there that don't know him yet. But we've had to be faithful in this season and learn how to steward what he's given us. But I'm telling you, there's fruit coming that we're going to see. We're going to see more and more of the fruit that he's promised. Because he hit me with this on Monday. He said, go to Genesis 1. I just, I felt this whisper. Like he was saying this. He said, you're in year three. You're just getting ready to begin year three of revival. And he said, what was day three of creation? <laughs> and we've been stewarding this word. Planted. This is our word for the year. We've been stewarding it. This is the word he's given us for this house, this church. Chapter 1, verse 1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was formless and empty, and darkness covered the deep waters. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the surface of the waters. I remember when this church was formless and void. When it was just a, a thought, when it was just a seed, and it was just an idea. And the Spirit of God was just hovering and beginning to speak and beginning to bring water and form and, and bring life. Then God said, let there be light. And there was light. And God saw that the light was good. Then he separated the light from the darkness. God called the light day and the darkness night. He's been teaching us in these first couple years the difference between light and dark. Some of us, we'd forgotten that there was a difference, that there was a distinction. We thought that there was a gray area in between. No, no, no. These first couple years, he's been teaching us. There's a distinction. There's a difference between light and dark. Walk in the light. That's the holy fear of the Lord. When you begin to walk by his word, when you let his word be a light and a lamp upon your path. And God saw that the light was good. Then he separated the light from the darkness. God called the light day and the darkness night. He never said that the darkness was good. Isn't that interesting? God saw that the light was good. And he separated the light from the darkness. God called the light day and the darkness night and evening passed and morning came, marking the first day. Then God said, let there be a space between the waters to separate the waters of the heavens from the waters of the earth. And that is what happened. God made this space to separate the waters of the earth from the waters of the heavens. God called the space sky. And evening passed and morning came, marking the second day. Then God said, let the waters beneath the sky flow together into one place. So dry, dry ground may appear. And that is what happened. God called the dry ground land and the water seas. And God saw that it was good. Then God said, let the land sprout 
with vegetation. Every sort of seed-bearing plant and trees that grow seed-bearing fruit, these seeds will then produce the kinds of plants and trees from which they came. And that is what happened. The land produced vegetation, all sorts of seed-bearing plants and trees with seed-bearing fruit. Their seeds produced plants and trees of the same kind. And God saw that it was good. And evening passed and morning came, marking the third day. We're in year three. And he told me, look at day three. There's a reason he gave me that word for year three. As we step into year three for this church. He's been forming us. He's been teaching us. He's been cultivating the land. And now in year three, we're going to begin to see fruit. We are. We're going to begin to see trees pop up. What was just going on underneath the surface, it it was a seed and it it was frustrating at times because there was moments when you weren't seeing what you wanted to see and you weren't seeing it as quickly as you wanted to see it. But I'm telling you, in year three, there's going to be things popping forth and there's a reason the enemy's been trying to get people uprooted. He didn't want people to get to year three because he knows when the growth begins to happen, it's going to multiply and it's going to multiply quickly. There's going to be people reached for the kingdom of God in this season. People that join the unshakable kingdom. People that leave the kingdom that will be shaken. The kingdom that will be destroyed. The kingdom that will not last. There's going to be people that walk out of that kingdom and into light in this season. They walk out of the dark and into the light. That's what's happening in this season. He's bringing fruit in this next season. Year three is going to be special. We're going to see fruit produced. He wanted to bring up trees. That What happens? They produce fruit and trees after their kind. He wanted to bring up the right kind of trees in this season. He was developing and making sure that we were growing the right way and that we were going to develop into trees that would produce the right kind of seeds. He's tired of multiplying trees and seeds that are dried out after a year, that are dried out after five years, that are dried out after 10 years. He wants trees that are going to grow down deep roots to the water of his Holy Spirit that will drink from the water of living life and that will walk by his spirit, that will walk by his voice all the days of our lives. Those are the kind of trees he's growing. Trees that are gonna flourish in his house. Not just one year from now, not just five years from now, not just 10, but no, 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 into long life, into 80, 90, 100. And they're gonna produce more and more seeds after their same kind. Trees that are walking by his spirit, filled with his presence, walking in the light and not the dark. Trees that can distinguish the light from the dark. Year three is special. Producing trees and vegetation that will not be shaken. That word shaken in Hebrews, it comes from Sileho. It means to agitate, to shake, to cast down in the Greek to disturb in mind, to stir up, to drive away. That's what the devil's been trying to do. He's just trying to stir people up. He's trying to drive people away. He wants you jumping from place to place. He never wants you planted. And now especially, this is his last ditch effort for some of us in this church because he knows once you hit year three, 
There's something special that happens underneath the surface. The roots have taken place in a way where they're fortified. They're strengthened. And what's going to come up, what's going to shoot out the branches that are going to be producing fruit in this house, he knows he can't stop what's coming. This is his last ditch effort to try to agitate and shake up and stir up and try to get people uprooted in this season. Acts 2 verse 25 King David, he said this. He said, I see that the Lord is always with me. I will not be shaken, for he is right beside me. No wonder my heart is glad and my tongue shouts his praises. My body rests in hope, for you will not leave my soul among the dead or allow your Holy One to rot in the grave. You have shown me the way of life, and you will fill me with the joy of your presence. That's a promise from his word. That was a promise to the early church. It was a promise that David spoke long ago in the Psalms. He sang it out. Look at it again. King David said this, I see that the Lord is always with me. He's always with us. I will not be shaken. Worship team, will you come up here as we get ready to close? We're going to sow a seed right here together. We're going to sow a seed for 2024. We're going to sow a seed for year three. Just say this with me. We're going to say this. I will not be shaken. Are you ready? On the count of three. One, two, three. I will not be shaken. Say it again. I will not be shaken. We're going to be unshakable in year three. Whatever the enemy tries to throw at us, whatever he tries to shake us with, we won't be shaken in year three. No wonder my heart is glad and my tongue shouts his praises. We're about to shout his praises. Would you stand up as we get ready to shout his praises? My body rests in hope. You're going to find rest in this season. You're going to find rest that won't make sense. You're going to find peace that surpasses understanding in this season. You won't be shaken and you'll find rest and you'll find joy. You'll be glad in this season. Because you know what it says. For you will not leave my soul among the dead. If you don't want your soul left among the dead, today's the day. Like if this is your first time and you know I've never confessed Jesus as Lord. I'm going to be right up here at the front. I'm going to have some of my other ministry team. They're going to be up here at the front. They're going to be worshiping. But you come up here. you, you, You knock us on the shoulder. You say, I want to give my life to Jesus today. I don't want my soul left among the dead. I want to step out of darkness and into light today. We're sowing seeds for 2024. And they're seeds of plants and trees that are going to grow down deep and they won't be shaken. For you will not leave my soul among the dead or allow your Holy One to rot in the grave. You have shown me the way of life and you will fill me with the joy of your presence. That's my prayer that we would just be filled with joy right now. I, I feel them coming into our hearts right now. I, I feel the burning. I feel the fire coming in right now. Just invite him in. If you want that, just say, Father, I just want your joy. I just want the joy of your presence. Father, fill me with the joy of your presence. You just begin to declare it out loud. Invite him in. Just say, Father, I want the joy of your presence. I want to praise you in this moment. Even though I don't feel like it, even though I've seen things and I've been through things and I'm discouraged and I'm worried and I feel like my bones are just rotting. Father God, I'm just praying that in 2024, you're going to restore everything that the enemy tried to steal. He doesn't have access anymore. 
because I've got the joy of the Lord within me. I've got His presence near me, right beside me, living in me today. Father God, I just pray for more joy, that we would just feel Your presence coming in in this moment in waves. If you need prayer for healing, you can come forward. If you just need prayer for whatever you're coming against right now, whatever the enemy's been trying to do to get you agitated, to try to shake you, to try to discourage you, if you just need prayer in this season, come forward and just step out of darkness into light. Step into this community that he's building here today. Father God, we just praise you and we thank you for a kingdom that's unshakable for your word that's unshakable, that it's never changing, but it's always changing us. I pray that we would be changed today, that we wouldn't be the same leaving this place. Father God, I, I pray for I pray for Devo Church in Colorado. There's a new church beginning in Colorado. Today's D1. I, D1 means day one. The Lord knows that, but I just had to explain that to you. Day one. Father God, I just pray for this church. As they're gathering and worshiping for the first time, I pray that your presence would just enter in and that you would just be building up another church in your kingdom that's unshakable. Father God, we just praise you and we thank you for what you're doing in your kingdom, not just here, but in Colorado and all across the world. I pray that you would use us to bring fruit into this kingdom. That you would use us to produce in your kingdom. That we would steward well everything you've given us. That this would be a church that walks by faith and not by sight. That this would be a church that's unshakable no matter what the world brings. No matter what's coming in around us. No matter what the enemy's trying to do to agitate us, to shake us, to stir us up against you, Lord. We'll stand unshakable knowing that we're founded on your foundation, a sure foundation. And we praise you, Lord, in this season and every season. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.